That's not a funny joke. I have something to begin the episode with, but I need to look it up, and it's gonna destroy my searches on Twitter forever, and I hate that I'm doing this. Nice. Did you like that song? I've been working on it. It was pretty good. Oh, you've been working on it? Nah. You're at a dinner, and somebody introduces himself as Dr. Smith. You'd be rather upset to learn that he had a doctorate in musicology if you were to suffer a stroke at the table. First of all, it's pro- you'd be upset because you just suffered a stroke. <laughs> and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is not Dr. Henry. And my name's Facts and Logic John. And together we're not Dr. Henry and Facts and Logic John coming right at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Um, And also, let me just say at the top of the show, fuck Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're on the right side of history by officially saying fuck Ben Shapiro. Yeah, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Nobody wants that guy on your side. You shouldn't make fun of anyone for being short except Ben Shapiro. Yeah, for sure. And also, if you're wondering whether or not people should be called doctors, who gives a fuck? (laughs) I mean, people like him, uh, let's not get into it too much, but people like Ben Shapiro are so hung up on totally uh, made-up norms that they have about Western society where they're like, only doctors should be called doctor and women wear too many blouses. Like things that have not been true throughout time but exist in like an idealized version of their mind where everything is an objective meritocracy that has never been extant. I don't know. These people are delusional or liars or... Uh, both. There's only so many times in our lives where we can achieve something that actually changes our fucking name. Um, for guys who don't become doctors, it's nothing. We can't do anything. We're, we're just Mr. Our entire lives. Uh, for women, it should be the same. We should not demark marital status by like the title that we give people. Uh, all of this is to say, if anyone becomes a doctor of any sort, let them have the fucking title. Yeah, if anyone put that much work into it, they should get it. And I mean, for me personally, I don't plan on being a mister forever because if I were to ever get married, I am going to add an S to the end of mister and much as miss as much as miss becomes missus, I will become a mistress. 
Mister, how mistress of you, John? Yeah, I'll finally be a mistress. Oh, haha! I get it. Uh, your your beer made sound when you opened it. It did. <laughs> so did yours. All do. No, you didn't hear that. Uh, I got I'm away with that. A citrus slice. Oh, you want to go first this week? My favorite. I'm oh, sorry, Henry. Did you? Uh, did I? Uh, sorry, I really didn't mean to interrupt. Did you want to go first? <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Yeah, you Henry, go first. Did you want to? Did you want? Did you want to go first? John, 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 it sounds like you're really into this, so I'm going to let you go first this week, out of the kindness of my heart. Okay, you sure? Oh, absolutely. I, I shan't, I shan't interrupt again. All right, so uh, I'm drinking a Citrus Slice Community Beer Company out of uh, somewhere in Texas, and it's delicious. Is it akin to a blue moon or a fat tire? Uh, neither. It is a very citrusy, tasty, uh, pretty bitter but juicy IPA because I've fully transitioned to being an IPA guy. You're the IPA guy of my life. I get it. All right. I just thought what the name Citrus Slice, it might be like a, you know, like a weedy beer that you're supposed to like pair with an orange slice or something like that. I think it's because it uses Citra hops. I'm unfortunately not enough of a beer guy to know my hop varietals from taste. I know the names of a lot of them, but I don't actually know how they taste different. I mean, as long as the beer tastes good, I don't care what they use, as long as it's not made of human parts. You can't have that. Anyway, what are you drinking? Oh, John, thank you for finally asking. This week, I know, big shocker, I'm going back to that old well of beer and I'm drinking a Pecan Porter 512 Brewing Company right here in Austin, Texas. Uh, it is a robust porter brewed with organic Texas pecans. And I believe that might be the first time I've ever said that on the podcast. I've never heard it. Neither have I. Neither have I. <laughs> Something is because going I on. I might. Look, I'll, let's just do a disclaimer at the top. Um my right inner ear is hurting, and so everything sounds different to me right now. So I thought I slurred neither have I, like, to death, and maybe I didn't. <laughs> I uh, can't say for sure. I don't. Re- I know that what ended up being said was pretty fucked up, but I don't actually remember how you said it the first time. Yeah, I don't know. So we're going to be dealing with that the entire episode. It sounds like... It sounds like my voice is trapped within my, my, my body. I can't hear my normal voice correctly. It just sounds like all of the sound is right here underneath my throat. Now, you and my cat have a similar ear problem going on. No, no. I'm sorry for your cat. Is her, is her voice stuck in her throat? I can't tell. All she does is scream. What's making her scream? You know, she just wants Why attention. Her, why are you making her scream? Okay, so it's been a pretty high-pressure time for the cat, okay? I didn't want to get into it, but if you want to wring it out of me like a dirty sponge, here we go. All right, well, we can move on. Now, I know you got a couch. Wait, you got a house. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Yes, I did. As we revealed on the podcast, I traded a Victorian manor for a modern-day, present-day house, yes. 
Now, uh, I did something that I'm not sure you're familiar with at all, but I actually took on a great capital expenditure uh, in the form of a real asset in that I bought a couch. We bought a couch. Hell yeah. Couches are where it's at. It's where I spend a lot of my time. Now, when you have a cat and you have a couch and a couch costs, if you've ever been couch shopping, the the ceiling is actually really, really high, but the floor is also really low. Like you can get a couch for like $200, uh, which is a lot of money to some people, but you typically won't get a lot of quality if it's new. That's what we had. Then we moved to a different couch, more expensive. However, when you have a cat, cats like to destroy things. So there is a... Uh, there's a battle in your mind between your love of your animal and your desire to protect your couch. Right, yeah. I mean, as, as much as you love that animal, that couch is brand spanking new. So, like, any any scratch on that couch is going to feel like a mortal wound. Absolutely, which is why we did the rational thing of uh, buying a, like, a 30-yard roll of 3-inch wide double stick tape putting it on all the surfaces she likes to scratch, and now it's a texture she doesn't like. All right. That's like rubbing mothballs on a tree that you don't want cats to climb. But we did that, and we were mad at her because she wanted to scratch up the couch real bad, but then she started to have this ear problem, so we felt bad for her, and I had to put her in her carrier, and that makes me feel like a monster because she yowls and screams and acts like you're hurting her just because she doesn't want to go in the carrier. This sounds like a really difficult time for you, John. It really is. Probably the most difficult time of 2020 for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put this up here with the most difficult thing I've heard in 2020 so far. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a real uh, road to perdition, as they say. Yeah, it's been a real ghost of perdition. It's been a real ghost of Tsushima. It's been a real Opeth dream theater. Now I'm just naming progressive bands. Anyway, John, all of that to say, my cat has an earache. Me too. I'm your cat. Well, welcome. Meow. You will only ever eat one kind of food, and it is cereal made of meat. Meow. You know, that's a pretty good impression of her. I don't know. Her her whole thing is she, she goes like Yan a lot. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Yan. Very good. I believe it. Uh, so I hope your cat feels better, and I hope I feel better too. Uh, but mostly I hope I feel better. <laughs> if I don't use up all these eardrops, I can give you some. Oh, the cat eardrops? Yeah. Mm. I got some human ones. You should apparently stop using them if you, and I quote, go goggle-eyed, lose your balance, or walk with your head tilted. These are amazing side effects. Yeah, apparently cats in her ears are really sensitive and they have a lot to do with just kind of how their bodies in general work. Uh, So if their inner ear starts to like be flooded with eardrops or like dry out too much a bunch of systems in a cat's body just stop working like they're a robot that's insane and maybe cats are robots we don't know yeah apparently like all of their balance is their inner ear and messing that up even a little bit makes your cat look real stupid i mean if you want those tiktok likes i don't know what's on tiktok but it seems like you could make your cat uncomfortable for tiktok likes. that's terrible why would i suggest that i'm moving on 
I can we talk about TikTok? I know we've got a lot to get to. Uh, yes, I did see your status, John. I don't know what it is about the way that this is me officially being an older person than I am, but like you can always tell if someone's doing a TikTok in real life because there's a way that TikTok requires people to contort and comport themselves in that just doesn't look real. Like why did why when people record a TikTok, do they feel the need to do that weird like smooth motion thing or like pretend to jump in and out of frame like cool you have a tiktok and that has like the rudimentary editing software so it can make it look like you kicked your shoe and now you're wearing your shoe incredible i'm not saying i hate or don't get tiktok i just think the content people are making for it is really bad yeah um that Whereas Vine was kind of like the peak of creativity that I saw with these little like six second record a video kind of thing. People had like arcs and recurring segments and they had like plot and great effects and or just funny music stuff. Um, TikTok seems to be what can you recreate easily with little effort? Yeah, and I'm sure TikTok is amazing and there's a lot of incredible TikToks. But what floats to the surface for my uh, old man eyes to see not that great and then when I see people like doing TikToks in real life I just don't get it maybe one day I'll get it I'm okay not getting it I'm wondering where you've been as of late where you see people doing TikToks in public on the street oh biking uh, biking was one so when I was biking I saw someone doing what I can only describe as a TikTok dance in front of their Christmas lights and then the wealthy neighborhood in the, I said the wealthy neighborhood, one of the many wealthy neighborhoods in Austin, uh, I was walking around and I saw two people like recording themselves with their phone and they were clearly like mouthing along to a song, but they were doing that like very weird, smooth motion peace signs thing. It's got to be a TikTok. What were you doing in Westlake? It wasn't Westlake, actually. Oh, it was a different oh, one. You, I didn't know there was another rich neighborhood. Oh, there's quite a few. Really, the closer... If you get further south and further towards the river, they really start to show up. Well, yeah, like SoCo area for sure. But that's all buildings and shops. But, uh, yeah, you could definitely tell people were, were doing old TikTok. Sounds like you need to go to the lawn so you can tell those TikTokers to get off of it, old man. It really, we've talked about this a lot on the episode, the uh, the mortifying like realization of getting older. Uh, TikTok is, it's part of the mounting evidence for me that I'm getting older. In addition to yeah, my I mean- gray hair and my wistful gaze. <laughs> Your collection of cats that just kind of circle around you and lay on you because you're about to die. Yeah, my many puzzles. Many puzzles. You're knitting. Knitting, for sure. Yeah. My crochet, my needlepoint. Um, your my, complete... my constant watching of the Dick Van Dyke show. Your complete lack of knowledge of what I'm going to talk about today. That's it. Yeah, these are all signs that you're getting older, John. Well, I don't know, Henry. What are we talking about? John, have you heard of a little media conglomerate known as the Disney Corporation? Wait, hold on. I think 
I think I watched something by them. I don't know. I think it was called Mulan. You might, you, you most likely have, John, because uh, as you see, they they own the lion's share of media. The Lions King. <laughs> they own the like lion's Lion King? King. Disney Lion King. They own lions. They own all lions everywhere. Every um, lion the sun sees. Every touches. lion. <laughs> Yeah, every every lion the light touches they own, uh, and they have to. They're a publicly traded company, so at the end of the year, they have to have a uh, an investors meeting where they unveil unveil they unveil their latest uh, projects that are coming up, and uh, boy, do they have some! So, uh, true story. There's a picture going around. From the Disney shareholders meeting, investors meeting. I uh, don't know if those are different things. Uh, anyway, uh, of someone presenting like a giant like green screen behind them filled with the names of the shows that they're going to be uh, producing in upcoming years. And I saw that and thought it was a Photoshop. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. No, for, for real. No. Okay. Like they they broke they broke it up into the different studios like Marvel, Lucasfilms, what have you, um, but but yeah they they've announced projects going into like late twenty twenty two into twenty twenty three, and a lot of it unsurprisingly is coming to Disney Plus as a little series, little little Mandalorian like series. I'd hate to say that the Mandalorian changed the world, but I think it at least changed the way that Disney is approaching making content for their flagship series, particularly Star Wars, because as we can tell from the last three of those, maybe their strategy of uh, of banking hard to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars on three new movies, maybe not the greatest choice. I think the fact that there was no Baby Yoda merch prepared for the first season of the Mandalorian kind of shows that the Mandalorian caught Disney completely and utterly off guard. They did not really feel like it was going to be popular, especially after the, uh, you know, um, what the fuck was it called? Ray Skywalker's adventures. Oh yeah. The, uh, yeah. The rise some of people Skywalker. Call it the, some people call it T T P S. Which stands for the blank saga. You know what the P stands for if you're a real head. Wait, do do you not know what the P stands for? Oh, I just got it. Yeah. P.O. as in C-3PO. As in pissed off. Wow. (laughs) You're on cinema sins. So, new Marvel series coming to Disney Plus soon. We already knew these, but now we've got release dates for them. Uh, WandaVision is coming on January 15th. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming March 2021. And Loki is coming May 2021. Hawkeye is coming late fall 2021. It is apparently the uh, the goodbye for one Jeremy Reiner from the, the, the entire Marvel fran- uh, universe. Uh, and then we saw our first look at a what if animated series, which looks pretty cool because it's going to show like what if 
what if uh, Peggy Carter was the first super soldier instead of instead of Steve Rogers? Wouldn't That's that cool. be cool? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Also announced for something called Ironheart, something called Armor Wars, something called Inva- Secret Invasion, um, something called Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Mrs. Marvel. <laughs> I'm sorry, something called Moon Knight? Yeah, like a um, like a series called Moon Knight, a, a series called She-Hulk, and a series called Miss Marvel. Um, and also, the, the most importantly, an announcement that in December of 2022, James Gunn will be directing a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special uh, that has notes of Star Wars holiday special mixed in. Oh, so it's going to be like bad on purpose? Right. Oh, that's cute. Ah, I'm down for that. Can we, we're not going to belabor this point, but it's it should be illegal the way you glossed over the fact that there's going to be a Moon Knight and She-Hulk series. I'm pretty sure Oscar Isaac has been tapped for the Moon Knight series. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, needless to say, there's a lot of series coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them. Are we are we going to talk about the multitude of Star Wars series? Oh, we're getting there, John. I'm just okay. warming up because now we're just going to get to the movies. Uh, Black Panther 2 is being shot, set for July 2022. Sad. Um, they are not recasting T'Challa, which is, I think is a really good move. Yeah, that would be so direct- weird. Oh, what yeah. if... I hope they don't do a Paul Walker. I really hope they don't do uh, They can't. They Disney's I, too smart. Ryan Coogler is coming back to direct, so I, I feel like whatever he, he's going to make a really smart decision um, about how to handle that. Um, the third Ant Man in the Wasp film. I know you're you're dying to hear about this. Finally has a name, um, but I don't care about it, so I'm going <laughs> to. Great, Doctor Strange in the Multitude of Mad multi, Multiverse Mul- of Madness. Yep, Multiverse. I'm very excited um, as the one person who likes Doctor Strange. It's going to tie into both the upcoming WandaVision and also the third Spider-Man movie. Here's something that I enjoy as someone who likes Doctor Strange and knows that most people don't. I get a real kick out of how central his whole deal has been to everything people like. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of forced to accept Doctor Strange because he seems to be like just always there. The the ending of Endgame would not exist without Doctor Strange. And then finally, the last thing they announced was uh, they're developing a new Fantastic Four movie because no one has learned this lesson yet. Uh, Fantastic Four, the one truly cursed comic book franchise. All of this is to say that none of this matters because as we've discussed on the podcast before, Marvel is over. Yeah, Marvel's over. It's cool that they're making like cute little TV shows with these people we liked, but you know. Yeah, they did it. They wrapped up 23 movies. Why would you try to do more? Why would you pile on? Yeah, it really feels, I don't know. I have no idea what the sentiment of the of the viewing public of these things is, but I can't imagine that people feel as strongly about these things as pre-end game i don't know we'll see they'll still they'll do crazy numbers and continue to be kind of jingoistic military parades that are fun to it's fine they're spectacles but like there's got to be a breaking point we've been saying the superhero bubble is gonna burst but like 
it's got to be soon, right? Like, they can't keep doing this. They can't keep getting away with it. I mean, at this point, these movies have kind of been all we've been allowed to care about for, like, what, 15 years? I know, but, like, no, stop it. Yeah. All right, so let's get to your Star Wars stuff, because there's a lot of Star Wars stuff they also announced. Like, if you're a fan of both Marvel and Star Wars, well, then you know that both of your franchises are over. They ended. Yeah, listen, Star Wars is over, except The Mandalorian, which isn't over. It's not over. Uh, I hope you like The Mandalorian, John, because Disney's, they're doing it again. They're making another huge gamble. They, they're they are spinning off of The Mandalorian twice. <laughs> yeah. One's called Rangers of the New Republic, mm-hmm. and the other one's called Ashoka. Ahsoka. I did not watch the Clone Wars cartoon. That's fine. Uh, it's Ahsoka. Um, this is the one point that I will correct you on. Uh, just okay, because nah, I, please I like feel that free. character a lot. Feel, feel, feel free. Feel free. Ahsoka and the Rangers of the New Republic, um, which apparently all three of these series are going to culminate in one huge crossover event called Endgame. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. It's yes. not called Endgame. Finally, Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's, not called, it's not called Endgame. Also announced uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch about some clones. Some clones uh, Star- from the from the clone. The Bad Batch is really cool. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Andor about Diego Luna's character from Rogue One is coming in 2022. I mean, why not pick one of the best characters from one of the best Star Wars movies? This is what I'm really excited about. It's going to be called The Acolyte. The a- <laughs> God damn my ear. It's going to be called the Acolyte, and, and it's the, being held. Ha- yeah, please, please say please say words. Oh, I was just going to say the. Uh, so the Acolyte is the one that actually takes place like pre Phantom Menace, right? Uh, it's being set in the High Republic era of the franchise, so sure. Yeah, High Republic was like w- way before Phantom Menace. It's like pre pre uh, pre 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 the everything we've seen in movies. This is why I'm excited for it. It's being headed by Russian doll creator Leslie Headland. What? That's really cool. That's Russian doll was a jam. Russian doll was incredible. So I am I am very excited uh, to see what happens with this this the acolyte. Um, really big news coming out of left field. Uh, so there's going to be an Obi Wan Kenobi series. We all kind of knew about that. Uh, but Hayden Christensen is coming back to reprise his role as Darth Vader. And even better, Ewan McGregor is coming back. It's the band. It's the boys. All the people that we know and love, they're back together. Let's talk about how much sand sucks. Yeah, we've got Ewan McGregor, a genuinely very good actor who brought wit, charm, and charisma to the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, in a way that no one really expected. And you have Hayden Christensen. Uh, who's Hayden Christensen? Who received a lot of hate and honestly, like, is due some redemption. Not on his part, really. <laughs> Not in his act. He did what he could with the words that he was given to say in the direction he was given. Um I, for one, am excited to see a world in which people can celebrate Hayden Christensen, the person, 
divorced from how much they did not like uh, the 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 prequel trilogy. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I I will always love the way that Hayden Christensen uh, like unconvincingly muttered his way through a lot of lines, but would also say lines like "I hate them." That's very good. Uh, no, I like good. Hayden Christen- Christensen quite a lot. He's one of yeah. my favorite parts of watching the prequels again. And the women and the children too. I killed them uh, all. So <laughs> we also the have a droid story. And the children. Who cares? I'm just gonna... I hate I'm them. Sorry, I moved on, and you're. Oh, okay. I'm having a whole thing over here. All right, Droid Story, uh, Star Wars Lando, and Star Wars Visions. I don't care about. We're moving on. Wait, Star Wars All Visions? The- What's that one? Oh, yeah, it's upcoming. like Animatrix for Star Wars. Yeah, I don't care. Here's what's more exciting, John. Here is what is more exciting. They're doing it again. They're getting my hopes up. Two new Star Wars movies. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Well, both of them are pretty exciting. Yeah. So one of them's called Rogue Squadron. It's being directed by Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman fame. Very cool. December 2023, so we got some time, which is good. I feel like let's put some distance between the PS, whatever you said, and new stuff. And then also, there's an untitled Taika Waititi Star Wars movie still in development. Yes, Taika Waititi, who was... What's that droid's name? It's like TK-11 in the Mandalorian. Yeah, the the assassination robot. Oh, wow. Fuck. Okay, you're not as mad mad at me as I thought you would be. Yeah, the assassination droid from the Mandalorian. Yes, I don't care. Uh, But I do like... You can't call them robots. I do like calling an assassin droid an assassination robot. (laughs) Assassination Um, robot. Where's his series? Here's the thing, though. Taika Waititi also directed either this. No, I think it was the last episode of the first season of The Mandalorian, which One did of the best episodes. Yeah, it's it's the best episode. But also, he like even when directing that episode, because I think all of the episodes had been shot prior to anything Mandalorian related airing. Uh, Taika Waititi knew that Baby Yoda was going to be a big deal, so he had people hit him when he was in a bag because he knew it would like engender, it would engage the audience, and that's one of the most memorable. Uh, it's one of the most memorable moments in that series. Is like Baby Yoda getting punched when he's in a bag, and then a robot kills that guy later. Yeah, these characters really are lo- not important, by the way. This isn't like a major spoiler yeah. I'm giving you if you haven't watched The Mandalorian. But I really like how human he makes those uh, stormtroopers. Like, yeah, is it one of them voiced by like Jason Sudeikis or something? Yeah, I I don't know. But like for the first time ever, like they're given like actual human qualities, like humor and boredom and like irritation. Yeah, I mean it's it's the thing that Taika Waititi kind of does. It's his hallmark. Is he? He imbues everyone with kind of an anxious energy and life that we all kind of tend to have as we bumble through life. Right. All right. So that was the Star Wars news. Now we're just going to move into Disney animation news because they're hitting it on all cylinders, John. The amount of original content that Disney is pouring onto Disney Plus fucking finally... (laughs) 
is absurd because they I guess they realized, oh, we have to. They're like, oh, you mean we can't just tell people they can watch Ratatouille whenever? Right, right. Um, so uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is premiering on March 5th, 2021. It's also going to be in theaters. Oh, it's coming via Premiere Access. So that's another $30 to watch kind of thing. Eh. Seems like Mulan might have worked for them. The Maybe. thing we didn't want to happen. Uh, Baymax, a series based on Big Hero 6, is arriving in early 2022. Zootopia Plus, a new series based on Zootopia, is coming in spring 2022. I'm glad the furries will be happy. Tiana, based on The Princess and the Frog, is premiering in 2023. I'm glad the the the, the sassy jazz alligators will be happy. A long-form musical comedy series for Moana, coming in 2023. Man. This one's pretty hype. And Canto, I'm saying that, I'm probably butchering that. A new movie set in Colombia with music written by Lin-Manuel Miranda is in development. Oh, that's cool. That seems like and a good fit. Awaju, an original long-form series made in partnership with Kugali Media is premiering in 2022. Very cool. And now we get to Pixar. I'm no. not reading any of this shit. <laughs> and now we get to Pixar. Cars the series. Up the series. Cars series coming in fall 2022. Of course, you have to give something to the people who don't care about life. Doug Days, a new series featuring the beloved dog Doug from Up premieres You're in fall 2021. Me. You I nailed don't it. Care about you nailed this. it. I don't you care about it. this. Your joke fucking nailed it. I was gonna say the two most soulless choices they could make. Uh, the real, the real th- cool thing is the movies, um, of which I'll just do a highlight: Lightyear. An, orig- an origin story for Buzz Lightyear, who will be voiced by Chris Evans, is hitting theaters in summer 2022. So wait, an origin story of the toy? The man who inspired the toy. So the origin story of the fictional character from Toy Story. Yes. Okay. I'm um, on board. Who cares? So a ton of great content coming to Disney Plus and to theaters. And so it comes as no surprise that not even a day after uh, all of their their big event announcing all this content, the news broke that Disney Plus is increasing its price to eight dollars a month starting of in course. March twenty twenty one. Of course, they they got their established they they established their base. You know, they got they got them uh, they got us in with that low low price point, and uh, now they announced actual content for their fucking streaming service that isn't the Mandalorian, which is good and probably worth the, worth the admission price alone. But now that they're actually like following them up with some actual shows, they're like, yeah, now we're going to, we're going to raise the price just a little bit. huh? I'm really dangerously getting at a point that, uh, so I'm an avowed, uh, cable cutter, wire cutter, cable cord snipper, cord cutter, uh, so I have not had any kind of television service at this point for 11 years of my life. And cause I, I, it was a racket. Like I would see people, particularly my family paying 150 to $200 a month for nothing. 
uh, when they watch maybe three or four shows, I was like, that doesn't make any sense monetarily. So when I was able to make the decisions for myself, I didn't engage with any of that. And now I'm in a position where Netflix just raised its price to $13.99 or it's doing so in January. Disney's increasing its price. And I don't even consider canceling these services. So, yeah, I mean, me either. You know, I'm of the mindset that even though the quality of Netflix has, one could say, has dipped in the past couple of years. Dude, I don't watch... Russian Doll was the last thing I watched on Netflix where I was like, I think Netflix's model works. Yeah. Well, it's just they Netflix baffles me and I still really don't get what happened because when they started their original content, they had like three shows. Orange is the New Black, uh, House of Cards and like one other show. And it's like all three kind of knocked it out of out of the park when they were when they first showed up. They were good quality. They they were like really great binge worthy shows. And then from there, it kind of just went downhill. Like whoever was in charge of greenlighting projects decided they were going to greenlight everything, mm-hmm. and whatever didn't get a lot of playback on like the first day got canceled. Yeah, because they they did they painted with a very wide brush and they like greenlit a ton of original like Sense Eight or whatever a ton of original content and then those things just slowly got wheedled away and canceled over time. It's crazy, but like Netflix original used to be a mark of quality for like one to three years. Like if Netflix made it, it was like oh wow, this is good, and then. They started doing like reality TV and a bunch of other stuff and like Tiger King or whatever. I mean, that was the most recent example. Um, But like they just started green lighting whatever the fuck they thought would get people to subscribe. And then they would let it run for three seasons and then cancel it because like new shows is what brings people in. So it doesn't like the quality doesn't really matter much anymore as long as people are subscribing to see the new thing. But like that's YouTube's model. (laughs) Yeah. At some point, Netflix kind of like in my mind now, I kind of associate Netflix with like some kind of morally bankrupt bottom of the barrel reality shows, which isn't to say that reality shows are bad. I quite enjoy them. But like the what is it like married at first sight or whatever? Love is blind. Love is blind. Um, and I'm sure some of these shows have like total merit, but the, and in addition to that, they put out like some pretty like sensationalized and to some extent, like poorly editorialized documentaries. And like the combination of those two things in my mind, Netflix is like, if we wanted to make a cable comparison, it's like a and E or something. It's like, you go there to like, see, a show that's surprisingly it's like uh i don't know that amc is a good example of this but it's like you go there and you like see a show of surprising quality and then like an episode of ancient aliens or something comes on and you're like this shouldn't be like this <laughs> right right now it, netflix for us in this household has become kind of like well, I'm not watching any shows live anymore because we don't have cables. So I'll wait for Netflix to get them so I can watch catch up basically. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we're really not watching that much original content. It's just the shows that they managed to get the rights to. Um, my favorite thing I watched on Netflix this year was an anime from t- 2016 called Erased, which I then found on like two other streaming platforms. So it's not even exclusive to Netflix. I mean, also the kind of the only thing I'm watching on Hulu right now is an anime and none of their original content. If Hulu has any, Hulu does have original content. I've just um, I've never watched any, but they've got like that Peen Pen Fifteen. Oh, that's actually really good. Pen Fifteen is uh, great. Okay, yeah, they, they have a few like Castle Rock or something. Um, that Stephen King inspired show, but uh, they don't. Oh, they had Handmaiden's Tale for a while, but I couldn't keep watching it. We couldn't keep watching it. It was too that show. That show depressed me way too much. Yeah. Um. So I get what you're saying about like you're not even thinking of getting rid of these streaming services, even though they're like creeping up their prices. And I'm right there with you, but it's kind of like like if Disney Plus can pull this off and actually make these great. If everything could, this will not happen. But if everything could be at the same level as the Mandalorian, they will win. That's my like inherent implicit concern about all of these Star Wars series and all these Marvel series is the Mandalorian is really good because a lot of people who love this universe a lot and have been writing an extremely high level about it for in some cases decades, were finally given a shot to make something really special. Right. And my concern is, I think that the talent pool for writers for Star Wars of quality is actually much deeper than a lot of people at Disney would have thought. You know, there there are dozens of highly skilled writers across the various properties for Star Wars that either appeared only in comic book, book, or television. But with this many series, I'm afraid that they're going to like run that talent pool very low. Right. And on the whole, the quality could suffer. My main, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. Like, yeah, they they might stretch the good writers and, and like the great talent that they have too thin. Uh, But my, my fear is that we are in that early era of Netflix where Orange is the New Black and House of Cards were great and they knocked it out of the park. And then they started greenlighting everything. And Disney Plus went from The Mandalorian and a couple other originals, like Mulan, which wasn't made for Disney Plus, but came out on it. Um, But then they had nothing else and now they're greenlighting everything. Like the 10... 10 Star Wars series are coming to Disney Plus and like the the Marvel ones which are they have to weave this intricate web of the cinematic universe meet and like Kevin Feige has to like make sure everything is up to snuff um so like that's going to be quality controlled through through him but like nobody's doing that for Star Wars we don't have a Kevin Feige for Star Wars and meanwhile you've got all these other Disney animation stuff not to mention that it didn't come up in that article, but a live action Chippendale series 
where um oh where Andy Samberg and John Mulaney play Chip and Dale. Uh-huh. It's actually a movie. Sorry. It's a movie about how uh, classic cartoons can't get like health insurance or something. Uh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Like the, it, it seems at this point that I love the off the wall ideas. I, I you know, I, I like that they're giving so many ideas a shot, but like, is this going to be a Netflix scenario where suddenly we've got like the OA or whatever the fuck that was. And it's just like, you're just letting anybody do anything. And then the people who, create these followings you don't give a shot to finish things up and you tell bojack horseman to wrap it up in six seasons and you don't let glow have its final season because it's too complicated because of covid like just wait till covid's over yeah because i mean the the thing that the thing that netflix could get away with is also the thing that we perceive a a corporation like disney being able to get away with is the the assumption with Netflix when everyone was saying, and I think you and I are guilty of saying this too, about the quality of Netflix's productions is we're like, they have seemingly unlimited resources and they seem to truly care about artistic vision. And then that truly did not end up being the case. Right. Now that was endemic of an early Netflix where they, they did not interfere creatively and they seemed to have a, a big budget to back it up. But then it's like we don't interfere creatively for the first two years and then then we get directly involved. Yeah, it's like we were in a pilot project where at the end of it they were like, okay, and now, you know, the 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 trainer wheels are off and now we will cancel you. Right. And then they just become like not I mean, not to badmouth Netflix too hard, but then they just become like every other sort of network executive that only cares about numbers and, and for lack of a better term, ratings. But like then you're 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 physically stepping into the creative process and saying, Fuck you, you're you're done. And you you don't get a chance to wrap up your story. We're not even gonna give you a movie to wrap it up. You know, it's just like it, they used to be a good thing, and now it's kind of like, well, let's see what else is out there. Let's see if we can end up on HBO Max. I mean, I, I think that them increasing their price and them acting in this way, and then Future State, potentially Disney Plus doing the same thing, it's actually the same thing that we were all worried about that seemed like a distant possibility years ago when we said, wouldn't it be terrible? If since we're getting so many streaming services that these things just became media conglomerates, like the ones who are selling us our cable packages for $150 a month, and they're just cutthroat and they strangle the creative process. And it's on measure, uh, like a net negative for creatives to produce for television or produce yeah. for streaming services. Like it's, it's, I think one could infer from the data that it is something that's happening is we're slowly being, we're being boiled slowly. We're being made to pay more and more for these services that actually have like diminishingly year by year, less interest in providing us quality content. For for sure. Absolutely. Like in the case of Netflix, anyone who is making the decision to, to ramp up the price is looking at like, well, 
they're just looking at the number of Netflix originals has gone up. So the price needs to go up as well, but they're not looking at it on, at like a quality level. It's like, well, the viewing time on Netflix has gone down because you don't have anything I want anymore. And now I'm, I sign up for a free Funimation account to rewatch Paranoia, Paranoia Agent because I can't remember how it ends. Like, that's where I am right now. I mean, it's it's no one in a corporation as sophisticated as something like Netflix makes a decision by accident. So they probably realized how sticky their memberships are, and they do an informed cost benefit analysis and be like, these pigs will pay thirteen ninety nine, regardless of whether or not we increase our overall investment in the quality of our product. And that's just capitalism, baby. You pay more <laughs> and probably get less. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, at this point, a lot of their a lot of their perceived value comes from being a brand that was worth something in the past. <laughs> we, we did we trusted Netflix for a little while there because it seemed like everything they did was kind of golden and had high production value, and that they really let creatives be creative. And now it's more or less kind of like, well, what's on Netflix? Click it. Oh. Almost nothing. Okay, Hilda season yeah. two. All right, I'll I'll stick around for Hilda season two. By the way, Hilda season two uh, now on Netflix. Check it out. Check out Hilda season one. Really good show. I uh, have not seen it. I heard it's good though. It's a good wholesome mythical creature kind of like adventure show that builds on itself very slowly. I like it. It is comfy as fuck. I would just prefer that. With this dearth of evidence, dearth means an abundance of, right? Um, stall for time. With this abundance of evidence, if you don't know what the word means and you ask in terms of, is it what this other thing means? Just say the other thing. Uh, but in this abundance of evidence, I think that the one thing people should do is like not keep your eyes closed to the fact that these people want to make as much money for as little effort as possible, like all of us. Um, and, you know, keep your eyes out for other solutions to your your, your unique problems regarding your entertainment. Turn Don't, to the high seas, baby. Yeah, or other streaming services or something. Just don't. Don't become one of those people who just pays $150 a month for something because that's just how it is. No, absolutely. Yeah. Cancel cable for sure. Cause there's no, I mean, you get access to all these channels, but you can only watch one at a time. I mean, uh, in the future when Netflix costs $20 and everything else costs $13, like you're yeah. probably going to be paying $150 a month for your streaming services. So like audit yourself and see if that's something you're willing to do and can really afford and understand that there are always alternatives. Read a book, say- pirate a movie, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say it here first on the podcast. If Netflix ever hits $20 a month, I will cancel it without second thought. That is too much. Listen, if Netflix ever hits $20 a month, I'm going to go pure Shudder. What's Shudder? Shudder is a horror-specific streaming service. Shudder. Yeah, Shudder. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I heard Shudder. Oh, I'm going to shut the shutter on Netflix and open my heart to shudder the horror-specific streaming service. 
And uh, for those of you keeping track at home, uh, John earned 100 points by trusting his instincts and changing the word he wanted to use. Because dearth actually means a scarcity or lack of something. I was thinking that, see, both the word drought and dearth in my mind are famously, I'm famous for this, you can look it up, famously inverted. Uh, I think that drought means a lot of rain and dearth means an abundance of things. And I don't know why, and I'm probably never going to be able to repair that neural pathway. That's a very fascinating, fun little tidbit about you, John. I can explain the drought one. When I was a kid, someone said drought. I was like, drought? Like drown? That sounds uh, pretty wet. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. That's that's really cool. I like that. I like kid logic working. Yeah, there, it's cool to be wrong. I Look, shut up. I'm giving you a fucking compliment, you piece of shit. Well, you're giving the child version of me a compliment, and he didn't deserve it. We'd be fucking friends. I don't give a shit. I wasn't friends with nobody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are we fighting about my <laughs> child self? I thought it was really cool, and you're, like, downplaying how cool that kid logic is, man. Wow, you and my therapist should talk. Uh, give me their credentials. I mean, sure. She's good. So Disney owns a lot of media. And they got a lot of shit in the fucking crock pot. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we talk about this for 45 minutes when we could have just said what you just said? (laughs) I don't know. Disney owns a lot of media and they've got a lot of shit in the, you know, the fucking crock pot. (laughs) It seemed like you didn't know specifics and I know you like Star Wars, so I knew you would at least be interested in that part. And I feel like Marvel is at least tangentially related to everything we talk to. Yeah, we, we did the right thing. Thank you for validating my choice. Uh, man. Star Wars. Find a fucking segue now, bitch. <laughs> um, let me segue in this. Media, Disney. Marvel is over. Henry... We just talked about how Marvel's over, but you know what's just beginning? I mean, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to play coy, I guess, and be like, what, John? What's beginning? What's beginning is the DC Renaissance. That's right, the Dickassance. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. DC has been down for a long time. The, the DC, CU, the Dicku. <laughs> Has the been down. How have we never discovered this joke before? Uh, the the Diku has been down. <laughs> We're getting Diku down over here. <laughs> yeah, Diku has not been up for a long time. Uh, and part of that is because of these pesky studios. But guess what? With HBO Max and their plenty money i don't know that i don't know that HBO Max is actually directly funding this. But we're talking about the Snyder cut of one. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I'll step in to confirm that HBO Max is absolutely funding this and is the only, is solely responsible for there being a Snyder cut at all. So this four-hour epic is going to be the rise of the Deku, and we will begin uh, worshipping our new DC 
overlords until, of course, Valiant Comics hits its stride. I mean, we already have been worshipping at the altar of Schneider since we first learned that the chosen holy book will be revised and released in all of its glory. We, we, we've been doing this, uh, at least on Twitter, for the past, like, half a year, if not longer. Um, but yes, I, for one, am happy that, uh, that the Dick Hugh is finally going to be, it's going to rise up and... Do I just do a bunch of dick jokes, or do I just... Let's just get to the content. <laughs> yeah, it's dealer's choice. Uh, now, much like the New Testament, which was written by... No, I don't remember enough about the Bible to know about the people who approved what would be and wouldn't be in the New Testament. Anyway, uh, Zack Snyder is returning to make a four-hour-long epic recut of Justice League, and there is some fresh, hot... As of yesterday evening news regarding the Snyder Cut, which, of course, you and I have contractually agreed to do a supplemental reading of. And I would like to share with you an article from one Entertainment Weekly, uh, Failing Entertainment Weekly. And I don't know. Can I just if, step in real quick? Yes. Uh, it was the Council of Trent. The they Council decide, of Trent. They decided what would go into the New Testament. So Zack Snyder, so the people who originally made Zack Snyder, oh, they hit him. Oh, they belittled him in the editing bay and they forced him to make edits against his will. Ooh, and that's how movies work. Wait, uh, no, they, no, 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 no. John, do you really, do I have to step in and tell you what actually happened? Oh, they were mad at him. Oh, they were mean to him. Wait, no, the Joss Whedon thing, actually, I remember. Yeah, he was fired from his yeah, production. he was fired, yeah. And they okay. brought Joss Whedon in to make the movie funny. Okay, so just like how God came back to write the New Testament and then the Council of Trent told him, no, no, no. <laughs> and then they fired him and then they hired Joss Whedon to write the Bible. And then God came back and then rewrote <laughs> The New Testament. The same thing, Henry, is happening here. Zack Snyder is God? <laughs> Zack Snyder is God. This is an article from one fa the Failing Entertainment Weekly. Uh, I thought you said it was Newsweek. Uh, no, it was the Failing Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Now, a lot of people have heard a specific thing about this interview. However, I would like to read most of the interview in its entirety because I feel like there is a certain... Uh, certain tone that's lost. So uh, and, uh, in in the title and the subtitle, you'll hear what most people have been talking about if you're plugged into the Deku. As someone who is plugged into the Deku, I, I know what you're going to say. So I look forward to the nuances of this interview. So the title, followed by subtitle, Zack Snyder's Justice League might get R-rated theatrical release. Subtitle, Snyder says his four-hour superhero epic may get a theatrical release, complete with an F-bomb dropping Batman. Plus, the director weighs in on the Warner Brothers 2021 slate controversy. I've got nothing at this point. So most people know about this from the fact that on Twitter, everyone's talking about like, oh, they're talking about Batman dropping the F-word. Cool. That is not what you should be taking away from this article, which I get. Because long-form information is difficult to convey uh, in a tweet. 
But the interview with Zack Snyder begins, Zack Snyder is looking to bring his highly anticipated director's cut of Justice League to the big screen, and his new footage would likely tip the four-hour opus into an R rating. Open quote. Here's one piece of information nobody knows. The movie is insane, and so epic, and is probably rated R. That's one thing I think will happen. Oh, no. <laughs> That's one thing I think will happen, that it will be, that it will be an R-rated version, like, for sure. Words from the god himself. <laughs> Snyder tells Entertainment Weekly, We haven't heard from the MPAA, but that's just my gut. And this is this is where people, this is where the sizzle quote is that people are, are pulling from. Asked for details, but what makes the new footage explicit? Snyder reveals, uh, begin quote, There's one scene where Batman drops an F-bomb. Cyborg is not too happy with what's going on with his life before he meets the Justice League, and he tends to speak his mind. And Steppenwolf, he's pretty much just hacking people in half, so the rating would be due to violence and profanity. Probably both, I would think. Batman drops an (laughs) F-bomb. Batman drops an F-bomb. Steppenwolf is cutting people in half all over the place. Now, I saw a really funny thing on Twitter <laughs> in light of the news that dra- that Batman drops an F-bomb. Uh, someone wrote out like a spec scene um, and it goes a little something like this. Superman. Batman, what should we do? Batman. I mean, I feel like you can fill in the blanks. The... Does, does Batman say fuck? The joke was that it was implied. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. It's a pretty good tweet. Above board, too. Yeah, because it didn't actually... It, it was an implied F-bomb. That tweet is PG-rated. And then, of course, in the Entertainment Weekly story, there's then a picture of Zack Snyder uh, directing Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. Gotta say, looking pretty cut. He looks like he's really holding himself together during the production of Justice League. Zack uh, Schneider's pretty cut? Yeah. You like know, as far ripped? as directors... Yeah, you know. He's, Zack Schneider is ripped? He's, he's got like... He's he's a, he's someone who clearly like works out and cares about their appearance. You know, his arms outstretched, you can see a tricep. You know. Zack Snyder's uh, not a bad-looking dude. All right. Uh, perhaps an even bolder move than a cussing Dark Knight is Snyder pushing for Warner Brothers to release his recut and supersized HBO Max film on the big screen in 2021 at a time when parent company Warner Media is trying to boost its nascent streaming service with as much exclusive content as possible. To be clear, a decision on whether to release the film theatrically has not been made, and Warner Brothers had no comment on this story, but Snyder has previously stated that adding a big screen rollout along with the HBO Max release is his preference, and now the director suggests steps are being taken in that direction. Now, what follows uh, in the next couple paragraphs is incredible insight on the state of the world in 2020 by one Zack Snyder. Uh, Open quote, I'm a huge fan and big supporter of the cinematic experience. And we're already talking about Justice League playing theatrically at the same time it's coming to HBO Max, Snyder says. So weirdly, it's the reverse of the trend. Uh, Let's see. Warner Brothers is releasing every film on its 2021 slate on HBO Max at the same time as their theatrical release, a move that's drawn considerable criticism from filmmakers such as Christopher Nolan, Judd Apatow. 
Where did Snyder land on this polarizing issue? Open quote. It felt like a pretty bold move and that maybe the implication wasn't 100% thought out, he says. I feel like there's a lot of people panicking about COVID. I hear that. I hope that in the end, that's what this was. Some sort of knee jerk to COVID and not some sort of greater move to disrupt the experience. I thought we were kind of already getting close to the ideal theatrical window where you still had marketing material out there and you hadn't forgotten about the film by the time it came on DVD or streaming or something. I thought we were starting to hone in on that sweet spot, but this kind of throws a monkey wrench in the works. Man, he sounds like he has a real deep grasp on what is happening in the world. It's just important to note that, you know, if you're one of those people panicking about COVID, he hears you, he sees you, yeah, and he yeah. thinks maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction. Knee-jerk reaction to the hubbub about COVID. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I thought the decision to not show a movie in theaters was like a knee-jerk reaction to COVID. I can really appreciate that in both his directorial style and his interviewing style, I think that Zack Snyder uh, is just like a, a cut robot suit with a nine-year-old boy in it. Yeah, I think that tracks for sure. Um, so I do not think I will be heading to a theater to see his recut, especially since it's four hours long. You couldn't uh, I, pay me to see a four-hour-long movie, and you all, and you couldn't pay me to watch the Snyder Cut, so you really couldn't pay me to do both at the same time. You could pay me to see the Snyder Cut, and you could pay me to sit through four hours of it straight. I could, You could pay me. I need money. Um, but we will be enjoying this in the comfort of our own home. Uh, I'm just kind of a little... A little alarmed that he didn't talk about the uh, the miniseries version of the film that's going to be broken up into separate episodes. Um, because if that's not actually happening, then we're going to lose four supplemental readings. Yeah, it seems like he is primarily interested uh, in the existence of the four-hour-long director's cut. So I, I don't know where we stand on the series. You know, maybe this is going to be like a wait and see kind of thing because we can't do anything until it actually is released. But if they don't do that miniseries version, then maybe maybe we're off the hook. Maybe we only have to do theatrical cut. What did we promise to do? We... It was very silly. We promised to watch the original Justice League. The theatrical Then we promised to watch all four versions, all four episodes episodes of the the miniseries. And then we promised to watch them all back to back. Well, yeah, the four hour long cut. Yes. Yeah. So look, if they don't do the miniseries, that's four less episodes we have to do. I mean, I'm praying. I'm hoping and praying that this is the case. Um, oh, fuck. I also forgot. Okay. That we can, we'll never speak about that again. Um, but yeah, so let, let's, let's just see what happens. You know, let's just see what happens. Let's see if they release the four episode mini series of it. I don't even see how you could do that. If you, he's only talking about the four hour long movie version. Is he just going to be like, well, that was that was 60 minutes cut, like fade to black, 
Yeah, that was another like 60 the, the minutes. Last time, the last time people were talking about the miniseries was four months ago, and people have not said anything since. Yeah, so we'll see what ha- we'll see what HBO Max decides about uh, releasing that their miniseries. But uh, you know, maybe we get away. Maybe we get out like a thief in the night, and we only have to watch the original cut and compare it directly to the Schneider cut. Because I feel like, honestly, that might be the better. <laughs> the be- in terms of actually like doing something that gives value, that might actually like have some value behind it rather than our current plan, which we made as a joke. Yeah, rather than the joke plan, hey, maybe if they don't do that, that'll give us time to do a supplemental reading of both the first and second seasons of Mandalorian. Yeah, maybe. You know, it would be good to to actually get a chance to talk about probably the best Star Wars content that's ever been made. Yeah, I think that would maybe be better than watching four 60-minute long... But also, he was saying at the time that it was going to be, and I quote, an entirely new thing. Separate. Oh, it's yeah, it's completely Separate new. from the recut of the movie. I don't know. Oh. Every time I talk about Zack Snyder, I get so confused because his mind is like a beautiful puzzle. I don't think we are meant to understand it. He's a lot like the Dr. Manhattan of our time. Or like God. <laughs> I Or like, you know, he works God in exists and he's American. <laughs> he works in mysterious ways. Sometimes he gives you a miniseries. Sometimes he gives you a whole movie. Sometimes there's like a Council of Trent or something. Yeah. One time he made a, a king cut Gal Gadot in half. <coughs> I don't think God did that. How much in the Bible? I'm just going to see everything in the Bible. God's fault. Oh, I mean, everything that's ever happened is God's fault. Don't you love that? Don't you love that Drake song? God's fault. God's oh, no, fault. I don't, God's I don't fault. know Drake music. I'm sorry. Uh yeah, he was. I mean, he was I guess grassy. looking at it that way, yes, everything is God's fault. Well, look, you know, if, can we just admit on the podcast sometimes God's asleep at the wheel and we can't crucify him for this? <laughs> God damn it! Um, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> don't worry about it. I won't. Um, I mean, if you're deist, you absolutely believe God's asleep at the wheel. Yeah, he just, you know, he's not asleep at the wheel. He just went to go get cigarettes. He's a clockmaker. The clock was made. What What do you yeah. want him to do? Fix the clock? Then you just watch it run. He just watches it run, baby. You know, uh, Zack Snyder and God have another thing in common. What? Fucking ripped. <laughs> Zack Schneider is ripped. That is the takeaway of this episode. That is the moral of the story. That is what we want you to focus on. My sound barrier has increasingly gotten in the way of my mic during this episode. Please normalize Zack Snyder being ripped. Yes, that's what we want you to take away from this entertainment, excuse me, failing entertainment news week. (laughs) 
What's the new Failing Entertainment Newsweek. Magazine. That's what we want you to take away. I moved my cellophane while talking, and so that's in the podcast forever. That's fine. I think with... Now, as as we have often discussed, and is always the case, uh, Zack Snyder News is... Uh, the best and most important news we can discuss on on the podcast and nothing else uh, can compare to the glory at the crest of the mountain. So we might just want to land this here airplane. Before we land the airplane, I just want to say I am hyped for the Schneider Cut. I genuinely hope it fixes everything about that film because while I can explain to people, while I can explain people into liking Batman versus Superman, I cannot explain people into liking Justice League. So I'd hope it redeems it to a point where even if people don't like it, I can tell them why they should like it. You know, that's a that's a noble enough ambition. I, as someone who I. Re- I think recently realized I've never actually seen Justice League. I was just thinking about <laughs> versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Oh, and I no. thought that I thought that whatever that tall bad guy was was Steppenwolf, but apparently it was a different guy. Um, that was Doomsday. I, I would like to say that I look forward to watching a movie that is hated, and then I get to see something that is unique and unparalleled uh, in the history of art, which is an artist uh, being given more chances and more money than any artist has ever been given to just go totally wild in the editing bay. And really, what more can we ask from executives today? Just give artists more money to do what they want and free reign, and everything's going to work out in the end, hopefully. Fingers crossed. what's crazy to me is the way he says the sentence here's one piece of information nobody knows the movie is insane and so epic here's what you don't know my movie insane and epic so insane so epic you wouldn't even know how insane and epic it is you wouldn't you you fucking idiot not until you see my four hour version of it you thought any of my work was good? None of my work was four hours long, so it couldn't have been good, kid. You thought this was my full power? I wonder if there's going to be an intermission in the theatrical version so people can, like, excuse themselves to re-up on their food or use the bathroom or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be like in Dr. Zhivago. I mean, A Fish Called Wanda had an intermission. Bring back intermissions. Normalize Zack Snyder being ripped. Yes, normalize. That's the main takeaway. Zack Snyder is ripped. I don't know if he's ripped or if he's just jacked. Like, all these pictures have his shirt on, so I don't know what his body fat percentage is sitting at. But he does have more muscles than your average director. Let's say jacked. Yeah, let's say jacked. It's safer to be jacked. Yeah, it's safer. Yeah, he's jacked. Yeah, it, there's there's a Hugh Jackman scale for it because Hugh Jackman was regular, and then he was ripped, and then he was jacked, and then he was jacked and ripped. Yeah, yeah. That's Hugh Jacked the, and ripped man. Jacked and ripped man. 
And I think on that note, why don't you tell the people where they can reach us? That's right. If you want to send us your workout program so we can work out on stream uh, shirtless and and try to be like Zack Snyder, uh, you can, no promises, you can send that to us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Zack Snyder. Thomas, Thomas, we're done with this bit. And if you want to send us an email about what physical condition your body's in, whether it's jacked, ripped, yoked, stacked, um, thick, solid, or tight, you can do so to email at zerocredits.net. We will respond with uh, criticisms of your body. No, uh, positive, stop po- it. positive, positive criticisms. Okay. They're not even okay. criticisms. We'll just we'll give you compliments. We'll, we'll give we go. you compliments. Okay. Good, 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 good. We'll do anything. Uh, we are on Spotify. You can search for us on Spotify by searching for zero credit open parentheses s in any close parentheses in <laughs> any section. <laughs> Of Spotify because podcasts are now kind of commingled with songs. But if you find a song there that Zero Credits takes you to, maybe send it to us on Twitter or an email. Uh, Re-listen to the last 30 seconds if you want to hear those if you skipped them. Uh, We are on Apple Podcasts. Search for Zero Credits in the Apple Podcast. Apple, uh, one of the best ways for people to hear about the show is for you to like comment and subscribe ring that notification bell on apple (laughs) give them an apple eve and the most dire way to let your friends know about the podcast friends or enemies uh is word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so please tell people listen covid's been going on for a really long time we know how to communicate with people and that's through cold calls cold call your senators cold call your presidents cold call your neighbors cold call your local charities and say zero credits podcast is where you need to be and hang up And if at the end of the month you have 15% conversions on your cold calls, we're going to make you a sales specialist, baby. Vroom, vroom. You're going to drive. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to drive an infinity. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Infinity Warehouse, we want to wish you safe travels and a happy week. Henry, I have, I have bad news. We we keep the infinity parked out front to incentivize people when they come to apply to be to be salesmen. But honestly, the we're we're barely making the monthly payment on that infinity. No one drives it. It's not insured. We lied about the insurance to get the loan on it, but it's just sitting out there. And like if, if somebody breaks into it or takes it, we're fucked. We're Henry, fucked, Henry. You're telling me that the warehouse that the infinity is parked in front of is not full of other infinities? No, we have to get people to be salesmen for the podcast and we lure them in with the infinity, but we fudge the numbers. They're never going to get to 15%. All right, all right. That that sounds good, but uh, can we still call it the Infinity Warehouse? Yeah, yeah, of course. Why not? All right, cool. 
And from everyone here at the One Infinity Warehouse, we want to wish you a happy week. Bye. Goodbye. Who's Carla Gugino? Why did I say that? Carla Gugino. Ooh, baby, why we don't go. I hate this.